Hello everyone, welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. Please be aware of spoilers, otherwise you may find out that despite his powerful mustache, Burt Reynolds does not win the cannonball run. That's right, this week <laughs> we are talking mustaches on film, or facial hair, or encompassing all parts of hairy faces. <laughs> things things that grow out of faces exactly. in movies. Exactly. And TV. Um, I am joined by my two co-hosts, the sentient goatee himself, Jeremy Legui, and the cutest little mm. mutton chop, Sonia Stanger. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi. Hey. How was your weekend? It was, uh... it was Halloween. Oh, it got it got a little bit hairy. Oh, <gasps> oh no. <laughs> yeah, that was... I had a good Halloween. I mean, COVID Halloween is strange. Yeah. That's the answer to my question. That's, yeah. It's really... Like, do we need this institution further? What should it be from now on? I don't have answers to these questions. Oh, I think but we need the fact it. that I you. Yeah, just I think we need it now more than ever. You sent us a photo of your daughter in a very uh, original costume. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, she dressed up as a butterfly riding a unicorn, which um, you know is uh, sort of a. Tale as old as time. A tale as old as time. Yeah, a kid, a, a kid who doesn't know what she wants to be and gets a couple options, so then she makes a third option from the two. And is a legend for <laughs> it. That's, yeah. But uh, it was okay. It was kind of cold and windy, and uh, I got to talk to some people, and did you guys do any candy? What's this candy situation in the apartment? I don't even know. Do you do anything? I, I don't know. They don't, they can't get to a me, so. They can't get to me either. Okay. But... I just. I just watch them out the window. <laughs> <coughs> she throws Kit Kats down Like a at scary them. old lady. Yeah, I mean, I thought of that, but... When I was in school, there was some, like, uh, balcony throw mm-hmm. candy throwing action and some, like, open up a window and, like, throw a... Like, have a jack-o'-lantern visible so people could come. It wasn't super effective or anything, but, uh, yeah, we didn't do anything. We went full stealth this year. Yeah, and I was doing Rocky Horror on Halloween night. Actually, so I was we did we had a show at four thirty and a show at nine thirty. And we do the show at four thirty. We're taking our bows. It was a great show. And the guy playing Riff Raff mm-hmm. goes to take his bow, slips, break his ankle so hard. Oh. Like ninety degree. <gasps> he just lays on the ground. Three more people do their bows around him. Actually the, the guy playing <laughs> the guy playing Frankenfurter didn't even see him and like Drops into the splits and is like milking this like moment as oh Rip is just like lying on the ground behind him, and then so yeah he the show's done he goes into the into the ambulance and then a girl from the ensemble just like puts on a wig and learns the learns the part and does it for the nine thirty show. It was real. Oh my god! <laughs> it was like oh really crazy. Oh my god! It was one of the wildest oh like theater god. experiences I've ever had. Well, as I think we all know, the show must go on. And yes. uh, Riff Riff Raff, oh my god, feel better. Jeez. Especially because yeah. like, oh. the people that bought the tickets for that Saturday night show, they were the ones that sold out in like two days. Um, and then they added the shows around it. So we were like, this show has to be the one that people are like, woo! <laughs> yeah, like it has to be good. <laughs> but I think it Holy was good. Cow. She did great. Um and wow. the, the awesome. great thing about a shadow cast is we were wearing a mask and the so- like the singing and speaking was done in the film. So she just had, kind of had to remember where to go and stuff. But it was mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And, that, and that, kids, is why you go to every rehearsal. 
Yes. <laughs> what a business. What a biz. <laughs> um, anyway, wow. well, let's get into our um, topic this week. Let's. Yes. You guys, what is your relationship with facial hair? <laughs> uh, Sonia, do you want to go first or should I, I go first? I don't I, mind. I can go first. Go I ahead. Mean, yeah, go ahead. It's nice. I think it's a <laughs> lovely way for people to express themselves. Um, as a woman uh, approaching my 30s who is starting to get some hairs in places that they didn't used to be in my facial region, mm-hmm. um, I, I would love to see us move towards a more equitable approach to facial hair as a society. Where you're not going to be mocked if you're a woman who has some. Um, I I don't know. I think it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's my assessment on facial hair. No, I get it. It's uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I one time when I was five, I came home from uh, brownies or Sparks, I guess at that point, and my mm-hmm. dad, who is has had a beard for most of my life, or at least a mustache, had shaved off all of his facial hair and was sitting on our front porch, and I actually started crying hysterically because I didn't know it was him, and I got so upset. So, <laughs> you know, I feel like every it's... every family has a story like this. Yeah, of the dad mm-hmm. shaving oh, and the kids losing their minds. Yeah. I have, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't grow facial hair very well. Um, like what you guys see, that we're all, over Zoom, they can tell, and they know what I look like. I can like get to this point, yeah, which a very is like classic like three day stubble. Yeah, except this is like three weeks. This ago. is as far as she goes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, once I get to this point, it'll get longer and weird. But I, I think I have a lot of light hair. So it just doesn't appear to be anything. Um, anyway, uh, it's kind of more of a nuisance for me um, in the fact that, like, I would like the option and, like, a lot of my family members have facial hair, um, but, like, I just can't pull it off. So I have to be the one who shaves frequently. It's fine because it grows so slowly that it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, I've got w- weeks and weeks before it looks bad. Um, but uh, I've I've come to sort of realize, like, and I think this goes into, like, the story about the dad who shaves for the first time. Like, it does become really defining mm. for a man. And I can recall some of the few times, like, Sean always has a beard. And I think twice you've shaved it for a role. And Sonia and I both, like, had huge reactions. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, it's Sonia like, oh, cried on the front porch when she saw me. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? You're not my co-host. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird uh, a weird beast for me because I can do it like fifty percent of the way. That's a hundred percent of the way for Jeremy is fifty percent of the way for everybody else. Yeah, I well, also dear, I you're a hundred percent man, nonetheless. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't really grow facial hair until I was like twenty five, um, but then I've kind of just like had it ever since for some reason. It's it's like a very nice net like contour. It gives a little jaw. Mm. It's pretty good. Um, I have not taken the mustache plunge that often because I think it looks very dashing on some people. And then I feel like I look very, like, pervy. Um, I, I feel the same way. And I just, don't, I just don't love the way. No, about me. <laughs> about me. <laughs> I, I, think, yeah. I think you both would look handsome with just mustaches, but I understand that feeling. I think I could do the must. Like, I think I have that capability. I'm just going to put this piece piece of black cloth over my face. <laughs> you yeah. look like Mario. Very so, Groucho I Mars. really do. 
It's very evident. Yeah. You look like that dis- you look like the disguise that like joke shops sell that are just like glasses, nose, and mustache. I do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm so sad yes. that radio's not a visual medium at this moment. That's true. Oh my god, look at that. Well, you know, just everyone in their minds imagine that that set of disguise gear and you but got just on it. a real yeah. person nothing... the nose is attached <laughs> um oh my god so what do you guys what does a mustache bring to a persona in your guys' mm. opinion um in in researching for this episode and i i really wanted to bring this up i um you guys have seen community mm-hmm. and are familiar with the darkest timeline yes yes, yes. um which which We're is in yeah, uh, signified only with a mustache. That is how you know that you're in. Well, I guess it's a goatee at some points as well. But um, what is Starbeard's I, I facial think... hair in the darkest timeline? Starburns. Or Starburns. I assume. I ass- <laughs> Starbeard. I, I, I assume it's a full beard with uh, stars cut out of it. Right? Oh, like the, the, the negative space. Yeah. 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 But but I don't know what this attitude is about like it being a sinister thing. Mm. Like I don't know I don't know where that trope came from. But it's so, so quickly easy to communicate. Like there's the bad guy, this mustache. Like it mm. just works, and I don't. Well, know it depends. Why. If the mustache feel... is curled, it's a bad guy. But if it's like mm. large and in charge, he's a good guy. Like if it's Sam yeah, Elliott, it's yeah. If it's yeah. Sam Elliott, mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds, he's a good guy. But, but I, that's the thing. Yeah. It makes me think of like an old, a very old Western where there's like a guy tying a lady down to the tracks and he's like stroking his mustache. Like, yeah. is that where that trope comes from or does it predate that? I don't know. I, I have no idea, but it's definitely got something to do with it. I can see like a feeder thing coming into mm. play where like you give them like a big sinister mustache and like horrible features to kind of like. Uh, amp up that feeling but um, yeah I don't know it's just like it it just works so well and I don't know how to define I mean the curl up is obviously good a good a good mustache between between a bad one as far as morality goes but uh, you know it's just kind of crazy I feel like the other version is like a really skinny one a skinny I feel like that's also a bad guy stash but there's, I think it's been blurred now. Mm. Like I think there's guys with the skinny, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm trying like to think a Clark of examples Gable of the skinny mustache. Like an elegant, yeah, like yeah. An elegant mustache. Yes, and not that's very true. evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. exactly. I don't know if you guys just yeah, heard no, that doorbell. A... Um, somebody. somebody... <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Sean, <laughs> you got some late trick or treaters there. <laughs> We're just trying to play it no, off, but uh, I think there it is. I guess. Put under my door. <laughs> this is like, how did they get in? Classic. Don't know. Classic. <laughs> just rung every number until they could. Um but uh yeah, I don't know. And there's also like I it I mean, Sonya I think you will know much more about this than I, which I think is funny. But uh like there is like something about like having a character with a handlebar mustache in a movie that just indicates one of twenty things immediately, right? Mm. Masculine. Like it you know well yeah, but I mean like if you have like a skinny guy <laughs> in a movie with a big handlebar mustache that maybe kind of sucks. You know he thinks he's all that, but he isn't. Oh. Wait, why you know, am I like, why do I know more about this? I'm confused. Because you've you've read up more about it than I have. Have I? 
Yeah, you, we've talked about this. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of not things about... I forget in my own lifetime. Not, not about mustaches specifically, but I mean, anyway. But uh, <laughs> I just don't know why like, that's the thing that does it. And like an example is Hot Rod, mm. where he puts on the fake mustache, right, to like do his stunts. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, I, it's, it's a masculinity thing, I guess. It's a, mm-hmm. like, authority thing. You know, like, dads have mustaches, so... Patriarchy? Dads have it. I'm just um, sharing, a, sharing a beautiful it. picture oh, of Sean no. Connery. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Jeremy, what are we looking at? Uh, it's it's Sean Connery and... Uh, the, I can never... Zardoz wow. is the movie. He's supposed to be, what like, a, a future What a fitting tribute thing. to uh, the late, great <laughs> yeah. Sean Connery. Jeremy sharing his Wait. bikini pics to us. Isn't he alive? <laughs> oh, Sonny, he, no, just, he just passed died. like yesterday. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, you guys, I didn't know. I'm so sorry that's, to reveal this to you. I, 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 yeah, I just assumed I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but uh, oh no, yeah, oh, I'm in sorry. his sleep in the Bahamas. So everyone's like, that's, oh, okay, that's well, fine. actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like as far as ways to go. Anyway. Yeah. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. You guys talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Sonny has some processing to do. We could do we could do like a Sean Connery episode next week or something. And... Yeah, maybe oh. we should. Because I want to see anyway. Zardoz and those Sean and those yeah. thigh highs. Those look great. Also, is it just me or like did Borat take some uh cues from that look? Well I think not so. the ponytail, but Mustache wise the must- and uh, the mustache thong combo. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mustache thong is classic. <laughs> it's like it's I like pearl earrings of the reverse. <laughs> Do you guys remember in like the early 2010s when mustaches were just like a theme? Like they were on everything. Like people got mustache tattoos on their fingers. Oh, mustaches were the, the old pineapple. The old yeah. flamingo, yeah. People, mm-hmm. people were obsessed with mustaches, and I know that. And it's a very clear tell now when I can see products that have like a mustache print on it or something now, where I'm like, "Oh, you you just are behind the times." It's like it's carbon mm-hmm. dated. Yeah, it is. I'm like, sorry, sir, this is 2016, and we're actually yeah. 2020 now. <laughs> but. I- I, I think that's like a, like, because mustaches are also like a fancy thing. Mm. Like, if you've got a mustache that's well-groomed and, like, waxed, like, you're, that's fancy mm-hmm. now. Right? That's, that's a, that's a status symbol. You know, one I cannot attain. I wonder if we oh. should just for men my, my facial hair on the show. Just yeah, for men. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I'll do my eyebrows since I don't really have eyebrows. <laughs> This is this episode's taking some. Dark you can't just dye place. your skin and call it a call it a mustache. There's tons <laughs> of people who do that though. That's like uh, you've seen like online where guys like dye their hairline, yeah. like on their face. It's crazy. Yeah, microblading. I've thought about microblading actually, yeah. because I have a few big spots in the beard that uh, oh. I do, that I'm not sure why they're there. I don't have scars or anything, but it's just a big round spot. And it's mm-hmm. kind of annoying, but it's not the biggest deal. 
<laughs> anyway, this is just my insecurity. I love this episode, you guys. <laughs> this, this, this episode's good. Um, this is what happens when you make one that's about him. Okay, so what are, what are some of your favorite mustachioed artists? Let's get into that. Um, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of mystique and in, intrigue around Chuck Norris and mm. his facial hair. And uh, the sort of, like, manliness of it. Because uh, there were a few projects where he didn't have the facial hair and a lot of people didn't know that it was him. Um, and that was earlier on in his career and that's why he always had them, like, for Walker and all that kind of stuff. But um, it absolutely kills me how, like, he's just kind of a tiny little man <laughs> who can fake martial arts. But, you know, he's a huge uh, uh, action star. Well, speaking and of the 2000s, he literally <laughs> oh became God. a meme for being tough. Yeah, absolutely. Chuck Norris jokes alone, right? Oof. But I also didn't want, I don't um, know much, didn't know much about Chuck Norris. So I didn't know if it was an ironic, like he's tough because he actually was very tough or not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it was, it, it was, it was like, uh, cause he, he did all these action movies in the nineties, like, uh. Uh, missing in action and Air Force One, where he would do these amazing stunts. Like he would climb onto a, a, a airplane that was taking off on a motorcycle. Like it's just crazy. And I think it was it parts actually him. And uh, he did all these really cool things. And like every twenty minutes, he'd throw a knife at a guy and like take him out. Or like <laughs> yeah, uh, set a timer. at one point, at, <laughs> at one point in Missing in Action Two. Uh, he actually, so Missing in Action is about a, 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 a vet from the Vietnam War who comes home. And then Missing in Action 2 is about his time in Vietnam. So it's like a prequel oh. sort of thing. I believe I'm remembering this correctly. And at one point, they attempt to torture him by putting a rat in a sack and then tying the sack to his head. But uh, after a few moments, everything stops and you think he's dead. And they take the sack off, and he killed the rat with his teeth. Ugh. And it's just, like, dangling out of his mouth. Which is, like, kind of amazing. Wait, so they, yeah, like, they expected you. the rat to just eat his head? Yeah, that's what the, that happened, Sean. That was a thing. What? <laughs> that was, like, a, a... Yeah, that was a thing that that, that went down. God, uh, this but, rat um, torture. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, well, rats, they're very dangerous, right? Like, they yeah. will hurt you. Um, but, uh... You know, in these movies, like, the depictions of him, he is this, like, crazy strong and, you know, all these different things. But, uh, you know, I, I, like, I think Chuck Norris is, like, five feet tall. <laughs> like, like yeah. all these different presentation things that just kind of don't exist. But I think it's wrapped up all in this goatee. I think it's all in there. Yeah. And if it's, if it's gone, it's, it's gone. It's secret. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I yeah. started re-watching... A- just an absolute classic this morning, Hook. Because Ooh. when I think of fancy mustache, I think of Dustin Hoffman and his perfectly twirled little situation to the point that it literally sometimes moves to express his mood. Um, mm-hmm. Just such a classic. And he's so iconic in that role. And honestly, I, this is something interesting, is that sometimes I think it's a hair-facial-hair combo situation mm-hmm. Where they really sort of accent each other because him with that luscious long wig and and his fancy mustache, iconic. Have mm-hmm. I told you guys that but also what- previous guest and friend of the show Annalise Cooper thinks our March Madness should be Dustin Hoffman this year? Oh, <gasps> so I told her. I love it. I told Annalise, her we would, I love it. we would put him in the running. 
I think that's happening. I think that that's sounds great. great. But uh, Sonia, I think you're right in the like, because when the wig comes off, he's so vulnerable. Mm. You know, like it just breaks. Yeah. And it's that particular depiction is such a good character. Like you don't like you lose Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. And when I found out it was him, I was like, that's wrong. Like, I, I don't know who that is, but it's not him. But um, and am I right is... in remembering that his at one point he's crying so hard that his mustache is sopping wet? Is that yes. <laughs> okay? I, that's is a scene that really sticks in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> As it should. Yeah, correct. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think yeah, that's definitely a big mustache mm-hmm. that just like is in your mind. Hey, oh, big yeah. mustache energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Mr. Burt Reynolds because mm-hmm. I love Cannonball Run 2. I watched that a bunch when I was a kid, even though apparently <laughs> it is, I was looking at reviews of it today and it was a terrible film in comparison to the first one, apparently, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, <laughs> he's so... Just like he's like an ultimate leading man in that he's just like charming and fun. He's like Cary Grant, but like from the seventies. Um, mm-hmm. And also, there was I watched a film a lot when I was a kid called Paternity, which is a little known Burt Reynolds film, where he's like a he's a established bachelor that doesn't want to get married, but he wants a kid, so he hires Beverly D'Angelo to be a surrogate mother and to have his child, and then wow. Uh, and then they like get into like shenanigans because he wants to like control her diet and everything and makes her, makes her live with him. (laughs) And, uh, but in a very funny way, I guess. Anyway, eventually they actually (laughs) learn to fall in love and then they just get married. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Mm -hmm. Of course. Seems like the correct resolution. It's, it's a lot more comfortable if we just get marriage in there, you know? Yeah. And she go back to our good institutions. <laughs> she just wanted to get some money for her trip to Paris, and this is a perfect opportunity. And then now that I think about so it, did she, she not get to go to Paris? She probably didn't go to Paris now that. Oh my god! I know. I don't like it. City of Dreams, that one. <laughs> um, but I well, there is like a I think it's like a very seventies thing about facial hair being macho, mm. and I think Burt Reynolds is the tip of that pyramid like I, I don't know i can't think of anybody else who's well i mean tom Selleck. well here's the thing is tom Selleck even like i feel like everyone's like height of like masculine sexuality is tom Selleck, and i honestly don't get it maybe you just had to have been there or something yeah i think if if we had a mom in the room right now we would mm-hmm. be getting an earful about this one. Oh, so... she'd be filling our ears. <laughs> Just any mom, really. <laughs> well, I think it's it's Magnum PI, right? It was yeah. the, the show. He's on every week. I'm sharing an image of Tom Selleck with wow. the shirt off. Um, but uh, I'm surrounded I, I, I by photos that... of him as an old man. <laughs> as an old, <laughs> slightly bloated man. <laughs> Google does what it do, you guys. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't. Have you ever watched Magnum PI? No. Any of you? Uh, How did we even do that? (laughs) Like, where did we go? It was on on TV land when I was a kid. I didn't watch it a lot. But um, Tom Selleck has just done show after show where he's like a different kind of cop, mad-libbed with some strange situation. And uh, 
he just like knows how to pull it off. He's on Blue Bloods now, where he's like playing a com- a police commissioner, mm-hmm. right? Like he's got he's I think he's probably played every like police Variation officer role of that you could even officer. yeah. And they do these like made for TV movies where he's like the town sheriff, right? And he's like kind of a nice guy, but will apprehend the criminal always when there's 15 minutes left. Like it's just like the same beat, and the mustache is a part of that. It's yeah. never left. So what you're saying is Tom Selleck's mustache is perhaps the greatest or like worst, depending on how you look at it, perpetrator of propaganda in our <laughs> lifetime. It, they, I, I, I think that the mustache is leading the show and Tom Selleck is being dragged along. Just like pulled yeah. by his facial hair. Tom's like, I think we should talk about police accountability. <laughs> Tom Selleck's like, like no. I want to play a chef. And it's like, no. <laughs> I'm versatile. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I think you're right. So I think that's definitely part of it. Mm. Like it's definitely ingrained into because even if you think about like there's a big thing about cops having mustaches yeah. too right yeah. like it's it's all a part of this like ma- manly authoritarian viewpoint mm. right and you know tom Selleck's the nice guy in that whole situation mm. there's a lot <laughs> of the good power guy. in that mustache um mm-hmm. well it's time to take a break uh will beard right back on 91.3 fm cjtr <laughs> regina community radio <laughs> Tuned into the community. <laughs> and we're back on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking more facial hair films in a moment, but first we'll play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people! Wah, 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 wah. Oh. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, The Game is where I spend, I think it's like 20 minutes this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have not seen or heard of. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a wonderful time. Sean and Sonia, are you guys ready to play the game? Yeah, I'm ready to play. Okay, this week's title is... Hard to Kill. That title again, Hard to Kill. Okay, I think Hard to Kill is about Tom Selleck and his mustache. Mm-hmm. And Tom has decided that he wants to break out in his career and do more things than just cop shows. And his mustache is not allowing him to. And he can't tell anyone that he's having this conflict with his mustache because everyone will think he's crazy. <laughs> um, and so what he tries to do is to shave the mustache off. Next morning, it's grown back. So he tries, wow. you know, like um, hair removal creams, nair, all those kinds of things. And it just keeps coming back because, you guys, the mustache is hard to kill. Uh, wow. There this it is. is like just idle hands with the mustache. I was thinking <laughs> yeah. of the, the Santa Claus where, where Tim Allen yeah. tries to, yeah. Wow, oh, that scene you, is very scary. It really <laughs> <Yes>. is. <laughs> thank you, Sonia. Thank you. You're yes, welcome. very good. Um, so my, I believe hard to kill is about a uh, community of cockroaches. Um, and they... Uh, they're trapped in um, a community college uh, and they have to, there's a tap dancing competition going on and they're trying to get across the floor to get out. Um, and they're led by a very like thick mustachioed um, cockroach voiced by Burt Reynolds. And um, he sort of leads their squadron to, to get out. But uh, they all have a lot of fears, but his main th- 
thing to them is that we're hard to kill. Uh, so don't worry, you guys. And it's a great rallying cry. And they eventually do get out. Wow. Okay. But thank it's you. very intense. Wow. Sounds it, it. it sounds intense. It sounds intense. Uh, I, for, for half of that description, I didn't realize like it might be like an animated, like from their point of view kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Wow. Wow, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, you're both wrong. Uh, in every way, shape, or form. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to straight up read the the top little chunk on Wikipedia. Um, we should probably do an episode about this gentleman as well. But uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you how it relates to the theme. Hard to Kill is a 1990 American action thriller film uh, starring Steven Seagal. Seagal's second film after Above the Law. Um, and it features him as Mason Storm, a detective who falls into a coma after being shot during a firefight that killed his wife. Oh, Reana- reawakening seven years later, Storm embarks on a journey to avenge the death of his wife and expose the corruption of Senator Vernon Trent. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. These names are ridiculous. Not Senator are, Vernon Trent. <laughs> oh my god, you guys, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, so the, the reason I picked this one is because after his seven year coma, there's a scene where he wakes up and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. He's got this super long hair. He springs out of bed. Uh, this beer, he, 10 seconds later, he's fine. He's yeah, good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, like it's no not. No muscle atrophy of, whatsoever. There's a lot of shaking in the bed and whatnot. He's like probably gained two pounds from when they shot the first part. Like it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he's got this full on like insane hair situation and uh the reason i love it is because they're trying to convey seven years of hair growth but like the hair is the one thing that they would maintain over all the things like they cut it off constantly yeah do clip that yeah anyway it's absolutely crazy and then once he's good to go he of course slicks it back into the steven seagal ponytail that we all know and love and shaves it all off to go uh to go be you know, hard to kill. To show um, Senator Trent what's who's boss. <laughs> Vernon Vernon Trent. Um, so funny. We should we should watch these these Steven Seagal movies are insane. Um. Anyway, I honestly uh, would be. I've never seen any. Yeah, that oh sounds my good. god. Yeah, that's gonna. It's it is like it's like action went too far, and then we got Steven Seagal. <laughs> no, that's no. what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, like just as a quick aside, he does do a movie with Gary Busey. That's all I have to say. Anyway, okay. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Gary Busey. Um, the oh, game is Seagal of course brought... and Busey back again. <laughs> the game, I uh, he in half of his movies, Stephen Seagal plays a Native American. Just so you guys oh, know, no. it's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely okay, well. crazy. Oh my god, the amount of time that the, that he walks around with a bow and arrow and a trench coat is no. way too many. <laughs> anyway, anyway. The game is, of course, brought to you by the biggest theater in town, the Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center. Arguably the best place to go and watch Steven Seagal movies if they would like to enter into an arena. No, they have better taste than that, Jeremy. (laughs) Well, what I was hoping they would do is that the screen is so big, like you could play every Steven Seagal movie at the same time. In like a huge grid. That's and like a it, crazy art project, and I think it, that's a good it, idea. They're all so similar. I I like I can't see how they wouldn't line up. Like all those karate kicks and everything. So, um, but they Photoshop like a seagull's face over Steven's face, <laughs> and the project's called Steven Seagull. All right, everyone in the Kramer IMAX, give us a call. We have a plan. We're gonna make. We've something got a lot beautiful. of ideas for you. <laughs> And thank you for sponsoring the show. <laughs> and it's crazy, <sighs> crazy ideas. Uh, yeah, so that's the game, y'all. 
Thanks, Jared. Wow, thank you for that. Okay, let's get back into some facial hairs. What a wild one. What about some unappealing facial hairs? Is there is there facial hair that does not exude sex uh, or yeah. power? Yes, <laughs> yes there, there certainly is. Um, I, I would like to bring up a little character we know as Joe Dirt. Yeah. But it's pronounced Joe Dirte. And oh. uh, <laughs> that whole situation is doing a very particular job in a very horrible way. Oh, yes. I thought there was more. <laughs> I was like settling in for. <laughs> um, I I watched a little film last night that I think, to me, it it blurs the lines a little bit because I'm attracted to the person who plays the character, but as the character, I feel that the facial hair is intended to be silly. I am, of course, talking about Borat. <laughs> <laughs> because I watched the sequel oh. last night. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is a wild ride, an absolutely wild ride. I was, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, and honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. But mm-hmm. I feel that in the case of Borat, his mustache is is sort of in, intended to to humble him a bit, like to to show that he's kind of an everyman. Do you guys? Because Sasha Baron that? Cohen is a very handsome man. Yeah. Very, like quite. Okay. But, but then as Borat, perhaps not so much. <laughs> it loses something for Borat. And maybe it's just like the kind of chaos and like madness and the fact that he's vi- violently anti-Semitic and other things. Mm-hmm. Which they actually resolve in some very interesting ways in the sequel. But oh, cool. we don't have to go into oh my that God, until you guys Sonia, have I can't it. believe how brave you are. I... The last Sasha Baron Cohen film, I, I saw Bruno in theaters, and I was in knots the whole time. I think, oh yeah, you we've talked about this, how you went to the, Bruno in the theaters as well. But with I was like a child. Bro- with my brother. With your family. Who was like 10. Which I, I'll still never get over, because even <sighs> being a 23-year-old like, in theater, I was like, this is inappropriate. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, it's like intentionally offensive. But anyway... So Borat, I feel, is an example of that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe the same could be said, okay, for Yosemite Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps even more so. Problematic character, very handsome, very hard, <laughs> very beautiful stash. <laughs> um, no, who I actually want to talk about is John Waters' mustache. Oh, yes. yeah. Because it is um, probably one of the most recognizable mustaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't necessarily look good. In fact, it makes him look pervy. But he is a perv. Yeah. And he celebrates that. Um, and yeah, I uh, I just was like, I watched um, Female Trouble in theater. Was it last summer, maybe? The, they were doing a, a John Waters viewing at the RPL, and mm-hmm. I just like his films were so nuts, nutcasey, but I love them so much. And that one was an homage, like dedicated to Tex Watson, who he like is a Manson family murderer. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my god! And you just like his fascination with just like uh, weird people or like horrifying people is just so funny and weird. Anyway, 
Well, he is a character. Yeah. There's something in, interesting. In real life. There's something interesting about that because I do feel like there is a certain type of mustache that indicates a, like, villainous gay man or, like, effeminate villain. Mm-hmm. Like, especially that skinny stash. And so I'm like, I feel like with John Waters, it's almost a subversion of that expectation or, like, playing into that expectation of the, yeah. like, effete villain, you know? I think I think it is, like, a predatory... predatory? Predatory? Predatory, uh, yeah. Con- thank you, yeah. I'm mixing up vowels here on spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, I think it's that kind of connotation, though. And I wonder with John Waters, because, like, I don't know what to call that. I would call it a John Waters yeah. mustache. Like, like, it's such a part of his brand or whatever you want to call it now. But um, Yeah, he was branding before branding was cool. Hi-oh! Oh, <laughs> it's gosh. True. It's true. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah absolutely um do you guys know about the stacy keach thing huh so, like you you know who stacy keach is Mm-mm. the actor no uh he's um uh he's in a ton of stuff he's a character actor he's really great uh stacy keach uh has been very self-conscious about he had a cleft palate that got repaired so he has the scar mm. and i think he's had it corrected but uh he's played a lot of characters with a mustache to hide the lip because i'll do a quick screen share so you guys know what who i'm talking about you might recognize him now these are when he's young so that's that's oh, it is mike yeah. mike hammer oh, um, Stacy. <laughs> yeah so there he is like like with because now i think he's gotten it like relaxed like he's mm. done some stuff to like help it out but he obviously cares less now because he's a huge movie star and like yeah you know that's, well, that's less probably, a part of that's like the same know. with joaquin phoenix yeah. Oh, yeah. Who actually also has? Remember when he was doing a big beard phase? Like, oh a, yeah. During a whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Art project. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Have you guys ever watched? It's great. It's so good. Joaquin Phoenix is someone who actually, I feel like he's a rare person who looks good in all different kinds or lack mm-hmm. of facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. Because like he can pull off a mustache, he can pull off the beard, he can pull off nothing. He's kind of got that hipster look, though, mm. just in general. And, like, he makes it, you know. Look. He totally does. He sound, 100%. Jeremy, you sound like someone's dad, but I realize that you are, so. <laughs> he is someone's dad. There, there, are, there, are, there are people with that look. And with I grew up with these two guys. One I worked with at a gas station and then, like, his older brother. And, like, if they were both just standing in the exact same clothes, I'd be like, that one's the hipster and that one's the nerd. I could just, like, absolutely tell. It happens. It's bone structure is what it is. That's so sad. <laughs> uh, you get given a nerd bone structure from birth. Oh, sad. Mm-hmm. What kind of bone structure do I have, Jer? <laughs> your, uh, your own. You're not. You're, yeah. Your own. Yeah, you're not. Um, Come on. <laughs> um, anyone else you guys uh, wanted to bring up? I made a uh, giant list, but I haven't even looked at it. Yeah, I've got like a list of like iconic ones: the dude, Dumbledore, Obi Wan. I think Seneca Crane from the Hunger oh, Games, yeah. like the oh, like yeah. that intricate like. And I think I thought that was interesting, even like the depiction of the people of the Capitol. Like they're all supposed to be these like crazy weird looking, but uh, I feel like it always comes up feminine. Like no matter what they do, like any of the extremes, except for him. Like, that's the only one that they figured out that, like, oh, this is, like, a manly, intricate thing. 
but all the rest are like like that's the way they roll with it's it very, visually they're very foppish in the capital mm, yeah that's true mm-hmm. which i appreciate of course you know mm-hmm. who else has a lot of good facial hair in movies is will ferrell he's another one who looks good with a mustache oh really oh yeah the yeah. anchorman yeah not just anchorman but like especially anchorman but also as mugatu <laughs> as mugatu he has really funny facial hair i think oh man i can't um, even picture it yeah mugatu is basically uh the vampire like double double bump it yeah the double bump it right honestly we didn't we until we watched dracula i did not realize how much that hair has reverberated through our culture it keeps coming back you guys we've seen like like four films that have it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i didn't know of any before (laughs) (laughs) my mind is kind of blown right now literally his mind is blown holy cow all right, I'm going to Google butt hair. No, that's a bad one. Uh, yeah. Oh, careful. <laughs> Turn on the family, the family filter. <laughs> Save search on. Um, I also just wanted to bring up Sam Elliott's stash mm. for a bit. Because yes. he, I don't know if I, like, if I saw him without it, I might not recognize the man. Until you heard it's that voice. That, yeah, that big gray brush and that, like, cartoon dog voice is, like, he's just made a living off of it. He's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think he also, like, kind of... You stole my voice. <laughs> <laughs> He's also just cemented as a cowboy as yeah. well, right? Like, like he is the consciousness glopped together version of, like, oh, that's a cowboy. Which he's used for, for personal gain his whole career. But, as he uh, Except in Parks and yeah. Rec when he is Nick Offerman's, like, uh, like mortal enemy. <laughs> Oh, Nick Offerman, another good stash. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right, all right, listeners, I'm sharing. Everyone, go- Google Sam Elliott, no mustache, and you'll see it. Yeah. And see who is that man? But he, like, he doesn't look bad here. Like, I don't think. No, he, he looks, looks good, but he does not look the man like himself. I'm sorry yeah. to say it. I don't know who this man is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of almost looks like the Grinch there. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> a a people colored Grinch. But well, should we farewell to facial hair? Mm-hmm. We'll shave it off. Yeah, let's all let's all go shave. Let's shave this one. And let's move <laughs> into what you watching, you guys. What have you been watching? Well, last week I talked about a docu series that had really caught my attention called The Vow about the Nexium cult. And, you know, I, I want to say I feel I was a little glib, perhaps, about that cult in particular, not really thinking about some of the worst aspects of what went on and what Keith Raniere did, who was the cult leader. Um, and partly that is the vow's fault, because as Jeremy and I have been texting about almost incessantly this week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I finished this week as well. That <laughs> 10 hour long docuseries is just like literally the tip of the iceberg. And we've had some conversation about how it was produced by many of the people who are featured in it who escaped from the cult. And I feel that perhaps their focus was on sort of their own experience and trying to, in some ways, feel less guilty about their role in the cult and really see mm-hmm. themselves kind of as victims. Not to say that they didn't go through some very bad things. Mm-hmm. And... Th- I would say, like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with saying, here's, like, 
but as 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 it sort of become the dominant version of what happened, and I think that's a part of the length mm-hmm. because, like Sean, you stopped watching it because it was so long, right? I just like nothing was happening. Yeah, yeah. I just weren't getting to anything. Um, but I th- I think the idea was just like so gently like ease you into like like to mimic that experience yeah. and like slowly come up with. But I I think around episode seven or eight, you know, like it's these dudes talking about all these horrible things that have happened, and I'm like, the horrible things happen to women. Yeah, like it's bad. Like 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 I'm not trying to diminish what you were, but like, like you guys don't even know really. Yeah, you know, like like, and you know, it it's kind of a messed up thing because the thing Keith Raniere did that's so disturbing was that he enlisted the help of so many people to accomplish his goal or his vision or whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's the thing he was good at. Mm-hmm. Like, he barely did anything, and he got all these other people to do it for him un- unknowingly, right? Right. And there's a vulnerability there. There's a problem. Like, absolutely. People were literally branded. Right. And this isn't necessarily about those people, which is just a strange Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings me to my what you watching for this week, which is a competing docuseries about Nexium, now airing mm-hmm. on Stars, which is on Crave, um, called Seduced, which was produced by many of the women who escaped from Nexium. And it really cuts to the chase. Like, yeah. where where the vow is kind of meandering and really waters down what happened, they talk about some of the worst things he did in, like, the first ten minutes of Seduced. Mm-hmm. And it's really extremely bad. So there are some parts where I feel like they almost sensationalize things a bit, and there are some, like, recreations that come off a tiny bit cheesy to me. There's some, like, production stuff that I'm just like, I don't know that this is necessary. Like, the story itself is so sensational that I don't know that you need to, like, play that up. But, um, yeah, it's really compelling and interesting. And I want it – there's only there's only four episodes of this one, so I feel that's a lot, a lot better. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you have sold know. me on this series way yeah. more. Yeah, I think you should <laughs> I, check it out. And I don't know if I'm going to finish it. I probably will. But I, I have no drive to do so because of mm. the 10-hour one. I know. You know, like, like all the revelation I already know, you know, like, like there's no, and it, it's cool because it's from a bit later of a perspective, right? Like, yeah. one of the people they are very concerned about in The Vow is on the forefront of Seduce, yeah, which India. is good. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just like, like, I know, like. I know all this, you know, I, I'm you, aware. But you don't know all of it from The Vow. Like, there's stuff that they reveal in the first half hour of Seduce that they never talk about in The Vow. Oh, like like uh, like some of his teachings? Some like of his teachings stuff? and also just, yeah, like, okay. some of what he literally did. Like, I don't think they literally said the words, like, Lauren Saltzman locked someone in a, in a room for two years. I don't think mm-hmm. they ever mentioned that in The Vow. Uh, well, I, but I don't know if it came out until because that was pretty much everything. I think was from twenty sixteen or. But earlier. he was already in jail by the time, like, because at the end, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's true, but um, yeah, the the I think the strength of the vow was that the what's his name Mark yeah that Mark, one guy Mark he had done all that footage yeah. for Nexium so any of the before stuff was really rich because he had so much content mm-hmm. and then after like he it was just like. A cloth moving underwater. Yeah. You know, like, like, it, anyway. 
That's, Isn't yeah. it funny how if something's in the zeitgeist, a la like Firefest or something, there's just like several documentaries that yeah, it's just a just race. Like people mm-hmm. racing to get it done. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Sonia. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, what have you been watching? All right, you guys. Let me just put my fanboy hat on here. We all know it's coming. Mm-hmm. We all know I waited for the day. The day's finally here. Um, so a year ago, almost to the day, uh, I was spoiled about a little a little guy we like to call Baby Yoda. Um, I didn't watch The Mandalorian until it had come out in full, because that's how I enjoy viewing things. And as I've said on the show, I watched it all in one day because I have a problem. Um, <laughs> it's only it was only like eight hours, so it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> anyway, season when the two day is... has only twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's it's only a quarter season. of the day. Yeah, it's no big deal. No, um, third. Okay. Yeah, season two has started, so the first episode's out. I think they're releasing every week. Um, it is such good Star Wars. Like, there's just no way around it. It's so fun. It's so exciting. So much happens. And, uh, like, there's so many, like, little references and new things that are happening. And the end of this first episode is so exciting. Like, there's just so much going on. It's like a big adventure. And uh, everyone should just check out this show. And I think that if you didn't like Star Wars, I think you'll still like this show. I, I, I honestly I honestly think that. Um, and I, I can't wait for, for more to come. Me too. I love the first one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, excited to, to dig it. into the second. It's it's um, it started out so strong, you guys. Oh my just god! Just as soon as I finished the last few episodes of Emily in Paris. Oh god! Which, <laughs> which is by Darren Starr, which is who is the director of Sex and the City, Beverly Hills, 90210, Melrose Place, all of that. Mm. Um, it's about a perky American girl who moves to Paris. Uh. She turns a bunch of insane looks. Uh, she meets a bunch of beautiful Frenchmen. She just works at her job. Um, she gets Instagram. She gets into situations. It's super frothy <laughs> and like silly. She Lily Collins is so pretty, and yes, mm-hmm. she's Phil Collins's daughter. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and she. It's just like she's great to. Uh, she's just like really good in this role. It's a really addictive experience, um, even though it's kind of stupid. <laughs> but, you just, but you can't stop watching. That sounds fun, honestly. So that's what I've been sinking into. every. And the episodes, there's like eight episodes. They're like 20 minutes each. It's oh, that sounds candy. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys uh, for letting us use their theme song, Manitouna. Uh, thanks to CJTR and all of you for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow, and have a good night. Bye. See you. Bye.